listening to the poem, the Parsha, the podcast with Rivi and Adrian. And we carefully curate and select a poem that opens up conversation around the Parsha. And this week, friends, it is Parshat Shemini. You know, we've all celebrated Pesach, and here we are back to the weekly Torah portion. And the week also is a week that we encounter Thursday, Yom HaShoah, the day of Holocaust memory. And we were thinking together, Adrian and I, that perhaps we should offer a poem that might connect the Parsha and Yom HaShoah in a way that would lead to some interesting conversation. And so we have done this precise deed. Do you want to share what the poem is, and then I'll loop back about the Parsha? Absolutely. So this poem is Each of Us Has a Name um, by Zelda. Zelda is... Zelda Schneerson Mishkovsky is uh, a daughter of the Schneerson dynasty. Um, she was born in Chernigov in Russia. Um, her father was the great, great grandson of the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. Um, she, her family moved to Jerusalem in, in the 20s, and she was educated in a girls' school there. Um, she taught, she wrote, um, and one of her students was Amos Oz. Well, look the, at that. Yes. So um, this poem, Each of Us Has a Name, is in translation. Um, I'm going to read it in English because with the, holding on to the notion that we have read other poems in translation but not read them in their original. So even though we can read it in Hebrew, I think in order to sort of keep with our idea, we need to stick with English in this case. I agree. And, however, I am glancing at the bio, and Adrian, with all due respect, I think you left off two big points. What did I do? Well, Amosos is her student, but it seems he had a crush on her. <gasps> what? Oh, yeah. He had a schoolboy crush, as told in his book, A Tale of Love and Darkness. <gasps> and uh, years after graduation, he visited her at home. Shonda. Oh, boy. It's good. And he does remember her delicious lemonade. Oh, my goodness. Was it Limonana? Yes. And Ooh. she is a great way to explain the relationship in the Schneerson family is also that she is the first cousin of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, of uh, Rabbi Mendel, Menachem yeah. Mendel Schneerson. Wow. Okay. Wow. The things I left off. Oh, Deepest apologies. Okay. It's all good. And she has been awarded the Bialik Prize for Literature. Yes. And she really is one of Israel's out most outstanding poets. So. She's a Yekira Absolutely. Of, of Israel. Um, would you like to explain the Parsha before I read it? Okay, so let's Give do that. So Parsha Shemini uh, leads off on this idea of Yom HaShemini, on the eighth day. And this is, of course, seven days of inauguration of the priests of the Kohanim, of course, with Moshe. And so the Mishkan is inaugurated, and it's a tremendous day. It's, it's actually the second great day in the desert, meaning the first great day was the giving of the Torah. Mm -hmm. This is the second great day, Hakamata Mishkan. The people have been working for months to build this Mishkan, and they've donated so generously. And the Mishkan is going up, seven days of you know intense training, and then on the eighth day. A terrible misdeed occurs. Two sons of Aaron, 
Nadav and Avihu enter the sanctuary and they offer a strange fire. They offer a strange fire that was not commanded. And we know, of course, that a fire descended from heaven and consumed them. It may very well be the fire that was the same fire that consumed all the other sacrifices, which mm -hmm. was a signal that God's presence was very imminent. Um, but they die, and then the response of Aaron is, Vayidom Aharon, Aharon is silent. And then Moshe says to him afterwards, um, this is what I had told you I had heard. He says, This, um, who asher diber Hashem lemor bikrovai ekadesh. It, this is what I said. This is now I'm understanding what God had said to me that with those who come close to me, I am made holy. And there's a lot of reverberations around this scene. It, it seems very evocative of death during the Holocaust, of not the, of, you know, of course, not anything that has to do with misdeeds, but the notion of being consumed by fire, the notion of uh, people dying for unclear reasons, of course, mm -hmm. and bikrovai ekadesh, that those who perished were kadoshim, were holy martyrs. And some say this was also the case with Adonadav and Avihu. And then finally, the silence of Aharon. And we commemorate the Shoah with moments of silence and... Uh, that seems to be the only response possible. So let's hear the poem and let's see where it leads us. Each of us has a name by Zelda. Each of us has a name given by God and given by our parents. Each of us has a name given by our stature and our smile and given by what we wear. Each of us has a name given by the mountains and given by our walls. Each of us has a name given by the stars and given by our neighbors. Each of us has a name given by our sins and given by our longing. Each of us has a name given by our enemies and given by our love. Each of us has a name given by our celebrations and given by our work. Each of us has a name given by the seasons and given by our blindness. Each of us has a name given by the seeds and given by our death. Adrian, sometimes I find it hard to enter into a poem that I've heard so many times before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking that this is a poem many of us have become accustomed to hearing every mm -hmm. Yom HaShoah mm -hmm. as names and names and names are being read. Yes. And as we seek to remember six million human beings who were murdered by remembering their names, um, and this poem really evokes that. Can you talk a little bit about this idea? Um, I think we need to start from the foundation of naming, right? Naming is a tricky, tricky thing. And naming is also layered. You know, we have our name, the name that we were given when we are born. Um, I think then we also have names that we acquire as we move through our life. And so we have names that our friends call us and names that our teachers call us and names that our um, co-workers call us. And we have our salutations, right? We have all of these layers of names and all of these layers of identity. 
And so I think when we're talking about naming, especially in the context of sort of memorializing and thinking about name and memory, I know my experience of these sort of long lists of names is that we're given a proper name, right? We're given their given name that we know of. So-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. What did their friends call them? What did their football coaches call them? What did their teachers call them? You know, we don't know. And so a lot of the relational stuff is lost because all we're given is this sort of formal name, you know, Mr. Blank Blank. And that to me has always been, and has always put a space between me and my experience and the memory of this, this, of these people, of their loss. And so I don't know about you because, you know, we are generationally a little different and generationally, that generation I think is an experience that we have very different experiences of the prior generation, of the generation that was lost or potentially lost in the Shoah. Um, and so I'm always looking for those stories of who that person also was. Like, yes, we've got Mr. Noah P. Mirovsky, whatever, but who, who were his friends? Who were his family? What did they like? But those those little intimate things are the things I'm always looking for. Um, and I, I think that you have so captured it so beautifully. And, and, you know, I'm starting to tear up because that is the deep sadness of the Shoah. Is these people are a mystery. Yeah. Who are these people? Even family members that we know are lost. Yeah. We barely know anything. No. We no. may know a name. And that's honestly the beauty of this poem. That's all reminding us the multiplicity of nuances with every human yes. being. They're so multidimensional. And, to, and, and that's such the huge tragedy of the Shoah is all of these people are lost. Their stories are lost. Yes. Of course, so many of us struggle to find those stories. Yes. And the fact that they were killed and murdered the way they were killed yeah. really speaks to that mission to destroy and make anonymous all of these people. Yeah. Strip them of their clothes, shave them, Remove give them numbers. Their, and, yes. and how their each identity was gone. They gone. were literally like skeletons with ID numbers. There yes. was nothing, there was no, there was no soul. Like they deliberately, carefully removed. Diabolically. Diabolically, yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say evilly, but I'm like, there's a better word for that. Um, <laughs> you know, they were stripped of all that they were. And even and before they were removed from the earth. They were dehumanized. Yes. And so this poem is so therefore so important to read on Yom HaShoah. Each of us has a name. And to think, as the poem slowly unfolds in such a dramatic way, to think of how every human being that was murdered was a person mm -hmm. who first was given a name by parents, like you outlined. But then, who they were, you know, what they wore, their stature, their smile, the world, the stars, the neighbors, the longings, it really seeks to make human as they sh must be made, all of those victims of, of the Shoah. 
It's, yes, and honestly, like, not to be too, to make it about me, but why I write is because I wanted to take, to make sure that I fleshed out my full privilege to tell maybe not just my story, but other people's stories, because I live in terror that those, that our stories, what makes us human, will disappear. And maybe not just disappear, but be taken from us. And so I'm, I'm so driven to tell a story and to tell the story of those around me, not even my own, like, frankly, I'm kind of boring, but there are really interesting people in my life and I want to know their stories and I want to write their stories as truthfully and as, as accurately as I can because they deserve it. They, we all deserve to have our stories told and not everybody can tell their story, you know, not everybody is driven to communicate in that way, but I am, and I feel like, well, this is my, this is my purpose. My purpose is to make sure that the stories of who we are is not lost. And that is beautiful, and that really goes to the Jewish value of kavod habriot, that, you know, every single human being is um, worthy, of worthy of being noticed for themselves. Yes. You know, looping this back to the Parsha, and it's a very powerful connection between Yom HaShoah and this episode and this particular yes. Parsha and the and um, and Nadav and Avihu. I, on the different times that I was on March of the Living and our trip to Poland, this was often the Parsha. Mm -hmm. This was the mm -hmm. Parsha. And this notion of Bikrovai Ekadesh, yeah. with those who are closest to me, I will be made sanctified, I will be made holy. And you know, it's interesting that the last line of the Pasuk, the last line of the poem is Vinatan Lomoto, yeah. that our death gives us our name. And you know, when we remember people who died, uh, who were murdered in the Shoah, we say, Shinehargu, they they who yeah. gave Al Kiddush Hashem, they died Al Kiddush Hashem. And and though we look at the episode of Nadav and Avihu, and there are so many different speculations because the text is so sparse mm -hmm. as to you know what happened, why did the fire consume them, what is this strange fire, you know, did they step into the holy out of longing, as the poem yes. says, yes. longing to be closer to God, which is one of the opinions, and um, you know we remember them and we remember this object lesson of what happened to them some say they loved God so much some say their proximity to the holy is what did it yes. and, and so it's just a really interesting thread that goes through this poem and our observance on Thursday of Yom HaShoah and the Parsha talking about the episode of Nadav and Avihu it's true, it's true and I think we should hold this poem as we move through this week um so that we can really reflect on the law, the hum, the humanness, the humanity. I think we speak of humanity in terms of numbers, right? I'm talking about the, the humanity in terms of humanness, in terms of what makes a person a whole person. And I think this week, this poem helps us to carry the idea that this wasn't just. This wasn't just a matter of numbers. This was a matter of humanity. This is a matter of personhood that has been erased so, so, so many times. And that only in remembering that humanity can, do I feel like we can effectively go on to ensure this doesn't happen again. Because when we remember, I think it's easy to drop numbers and it's easy to drop names. Like 
you know, names of the perpetrators. Like, may they be erased? But it is something that comes up, right? And so Absolutely. I think we need to hold on to these names and these given names as, as sort of insulation against erasure. And I want to let everyone know that a candle is going home with every student at the Seattle Hebrew Academy that has the name of a particular person who was a victim of the Shoah, of the Holocaust, uh, for everyone to light. And so that we can keep thinking about this notion of um, everyone has a name. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful. All right. Well, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat friends. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you.